Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to episode 50 of Tiger Pops, and today we have Peg and Darla and Abby, and I'll let them say hi. Hey! Um, so yeah, I'm Darla. You guys probably know me by my thirsty Patreon comments, and my thirsty memes, and thirsty fan art, thirsty fanfic, um, and yeah, you guys can catch me on IG, Darla Mommy, or read my um patreon comments darla torres thought i'm uh i'm peg and my patreon is uh handle is saucy tuggles and i i put comments there of course uh, adoring comments and uh, i also do a fic on ao3 and um i adore mpl and thanks for for asking me on Hi, I'm Abby, and uh, my IG is abbycakes underscore 88, and I am a big MPL fan. I've been a fan since it was in black and white, and I'm not a Patreon yet, but I will get there. Just started my job, so very excited. Can't wait to be in that secret garden because I totally want in on that, but uh, excited to be here. Thank you, girls, so much. Girls, pals, women, whatever. Um, Thanks for coming on. So let's get into it. We start off episode 50 with Poppy's epic blush, which is coming about because in last episode, Tora was teasing her with this um, sort of like uh, coded conversation with Quincy about the size of their cars, (laughs) Um, which, you know, Quincy maybe innocently, maybe pretend innocently was going on about and Poppy uh, was embarrassed by this and the mention of the reward system. So Poppy here is but dumping. She's covering her mouth. She's blushing. She's sweating. And she's thinking to herself, this is so unfair. Look at him standing there talking so calmly and nonchalantly, which is that's Tora's specialty, you know, hiding his insides with a, a tough exterior. And she's thinking, meanwhile, she's flashing back to their, <clears throat> their kisses and she says, while well, my stupid heart just attempted to jump out of my throat and she's been dumping, we have a flashback to this amazing um, shot of them kissing again and a close up. <laughs> Thank you, Lily. We love close ups of their mouths locked together. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, it just happened the Friday a few days ago. It's not my fault that my mind went there. And and then Quincy at this point interrupts. And he's like, oh, are you ready, Pops? And now she says to herself, she says it was a completely no-strings-attached situation. What happens in Tora's house stays in Tora's house. So what do you guys think of Poppy thinking that to herself? I think that she just needs to, you know, pull a Darla, throw him in the janitor's closet. Like, who cares what she did in Tora's house? You can do the same at Goldfish Publishing. Totally expected that reaction out of Darla. <laughs> Thank you, Darla. <laughs> Bringing it strong right away. I agree. Of course. 100% support of that position. 
I also think that the odds of him being totally unaffected as she perceives him to be is like slim to none. You know, you know, he's completely looking at Quincy, but completely aware of her standing there. Mm-hmm. In her little crop top, mind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was really cute. Especially, like, I think it was the last one where he was all, like, hey. So I'm pretty sure that's why she's, like, reminiscing and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I totally agree. She totally needs to, like, just push him into some janitor closet and be like, hey. Right? God. She could start off by retying that little bow on the bottom of her shirt there. <laughs> Good idea. She's showing quite a bit more skin than normal. Happily. Did she know that Tora was going to be there and dressed that way? Maybe. <laughs> but I think also the fact that she thinks to herself it was a completely no strings attached situation. I think that's um, more a sign of her self-doubt, again, where she can't really believe that Tora is into her. And she thinks, okay, this is just one time. It's not going to happen again. It was, you know, maybe he was sick, whatever. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, to me, it's, it, I find it hard to believe and, you know, Poppy, that she can actually think that way. But she also isn't privy to Tora's inner thoughts like we are. So she may, and, and we know she was, you know, um, gaslit by jewelry. So she does seem to lack confidence that he would actually like her. Yeah, that, definitely. That makes, it's a really good point you say that, like the whole gaslighting and just, I guess, trying to downplay it, you know, like, oh, or maybe she doesn't even want to like lead herself on. So that it's like, you know, she's the one that develops the feeling and it's like a one-sided thing. But it's clear, though. Like, we all know, like, Tora's been showing her, like, little, like, dropping hints, you know, here and there. Like, come on, you know? But I guess it's just confidence, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I she's really telling herself tales at this point if she's, if she's buying into that. I, I think at some level she knows. But I, I do agree that you know, the, the hurt from jewelry ran deep, but didn't she let go of some of that in that previous episode when she came down those steps and looked up at the sky and uh, kind of seemed to let go of some of that after after her, after her Torah? Right, I think some of that, but I do think that people probably don't change overnight. And, you know, she might have had like a, a feeling of elation and freedom after that, but I don't think that would change her, her completely. You know, people change slowly. But I will say this, though. Tora has been very open, like, and truthful. So I think for her to kind of, like, I, I really do think that she's kind of making the story up in her head. Because, like, we've all seen it. Like, Tora has been, like, up front since the get-go, like, in everything. And I don't think he's been shy about, like, his feelings either. I mean, he's been dropping hints. But then again, like, maybe she's just like, well... I don't know, maybe he does this with other people, like, maybe, you know, like, when, maybe, I think that's why also, like, when Quincy had told her that stuff, like, you know, like, oh, he has a whole bunch of friends, like, how she was like, what? Like, kind of heard about that? But even then, Tora's already kind of apologized for that and was like, that's, like, a totally an exaggerated truth. So even then, like, I don't know, I think at this point, she's just kind of, like, really downplaying that. Like, oh, he's not kind of into me, and it's nothing big. The whole reward system of kisses is a signal that's hard to miss. Yeah. But I think, too, I don't know in in what planet someone kissing you is not a sign that they like you. <laughs> but, okay. Maybe she thinks maybe she thinks that he's just, like, like a little bit what you were saying, Abby, like he's a player. 
and he's used to doing this with women and maybe she's you know more inexperienced and to her like it means something but to him it doesn't especially because she told him af afterwards she's like oh this is something you should do with your girlfriend not me yes yeah, i think um you know she's protecting her own heart especially when you doubt yourself and your confidence is not as high as what you wish you wish it was um when you have like this super hot attractive guy that's gonna go you know that kind of like your dream guy right like you're gonna be you're gonna try to protect your own heart so you don't get hurt and by her protecting it is like oh you know she probably he probably does this with all these other women and i think by her telling herself that it it's just gonna protect her in the long run but we all know because we have Tora's background uh, information, but like, you know, I, I've been in that situation before too. And I just think when you tell yourself, oh, you know, nothing's going to come out of this. It just makes you feel better. Our grapes. Really? Okay. So anyway, Quincy is interrupting her and he says, are you ready, Pops? I have tons to discuss with you. I can't wait to get started. She's like, oh, sure. And, you know, they're talking about, I went through the manuscript. What do you think? I made a bunch of notes. Or Dean's waiting for us in the meeting room. And they're heading off together. And by the way, I think we all noticed Quincy, I don't know if Lily's drawing him differently or just does more skin showing, but his arms are muscular. His calves are muscular. I feel like he's just become very buff in the last couple episodes. Um, I kind of want to go to the first episodes and see if he's actually drawn differently or if we just, if we were just more covered up. We first saw him when he jumped out of his sports car and he was looking pretty styling. Definitely styly. Um, I didn't notice her strong muscles before. So I think you don't remember noticing. that like bath scene. Yeah, and then that, that's when like, we started noticing. Even like with uh, like when he had gone out of the bed and you know his sugar plum was still in bed. Like I mean, we saw it. We we were all like, "Whoa, where was he hiding all those muscles?" But uh, and we all know he's pretty fit. I mean, he lifted Torah, and Torah's like a boulder, right? So. Right. I think before before the bath scene, I don't think like we saw muscles. I, and then, then what I'm trying to remember is, was he just wearing clothing over his muscles or like, or was it just not there yet? Maybe they weren't defined. <laughs> the lighting was off that day. <laughs> so, so they're heading off. Tora is, uh, <laughs> we have this side shot of him basically glowering uh, with his hands. Glowering, is that how you pronounce it? his hands crossed and his eyes are directed on our buddy Jacob. <laughs> Poor innocent unsuspecting Jacob. He doesn't know what's coming. <laughs> and we have um, you know, Jacob's looking around and meanwhile Torah is actually fiddling around on Poppy's desk. And Jacob's watching him. <laughs> Thank you, Peg. Episode ten, he's pretty built. Yes, he is pretty built. Peg, Peg just showed us a picture of Quincy's first appearance with his snazzy outfit. So now Jacob's watching him and he says, oh, I guess that's the bodyguard protocol that Quincy told us about where he has to go through everything in the office. And, you know, he's going back to typing. They sure aren't fooling around with security. And now we have this view that is definitely coming from Torah. You see, you know, he's approaching Jacob from behind. And there's another one. He's even closer. He's kind of looming over him on his chair. And finally... Jacob like feels the presence of this <laughs> threatening force behind him and turns around, looks up. And this is like big contrast between 
large, tall Torah and, you know, who's standing over him with his black turtleneck and the cargo pants and just looking very intimidating. And Jacob, all, you know, quiet and cute there on the chair, looking up at this guy who's like a billion times bigger than him. <laughs> Can I um, mention, I really like bef- at the beginning of that whole sequence where they t- they go off to the conference room and then the next panel is Taurus standing there looking out the window but next to the water cooler. And he's standing in front of those signs that have these yeah. cliche, like, you could do it, team building things. This, every accomplishment starts with the decision to try and make today ridiculously amazing. And they've got all the different fonts and stuff. And, <laughs> and then he's just standing in front of it. And it's that contrast between his normal kind of underworld uh, environment. And here he is in this sunny employee lounge area. It, it's just such a cool contrast to go into the this kind of set up him in, in the publishing house here. Sure, right. Like this is for him to be in like the normal world where people are affirming and trying to build you up rather than tear you down. I mean, this is like a total new world for him. I just think he looks sexy as fuck. <laughs> Look at his turtleneck, his hat. Oh my God. Just like, like just wow. Speechless, Lily. Speechless. Don't forget like, the boots. Hash, hashtag bring the turtleneck back, right? <laughs> yes. And he gives That's Jacob really that little eyes. head head move. <laughs> yep. I just wish I was Jacob. <laughs> I think you're the only one who wishes they were Jacob. You know, you could wish to be Poppy. Why wish to be Jacob if you could be Poppy? <laughs> I can be all of them. <laughs> you put a different spin on that line, right? Oh, my turn now. Oh my god. <laughs> how? How is it? Oh my gosh. It's like with my husband. He makes everything sexual somehow. The most innocent of things. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, with Peg, like you were saying, with his move, Tor doesn't even talk to him. He's so commanding. He's like, you know, shakes his head and Jacob infers correctly that he has to skedaddle so that Torah can inspect his workstation. So, you know, he scoots his chair back. And it's kind of cute because he's using it as protection, um, you know, against this large, threatening figure. And Toro's looking around and he, he kicks the cabinet <laughs> and he asks him, what's in here? Again, very, he doesn't even have a question mark. It's like a statement. What's in here? Like, <laughs> tell me. And then Jacob says, uh, some office folders and stuff, which is at least us to be a little suspicious. Now, um, who was this? Oh, Acello from Webtoons, actually. This is, I usually don't get comments from Webtoons, but I did look through it this time. She said that he already raided the office before when he was with um, Giyu. So he probably knew what he would find there and he wanted to set Jacob up and like kind of shame him. See if he would admit what was in that cabinet, which we're going to find out in a minute. (laughs) And he gives him this glance, which is like, "Mm, don't believe you. (laughs) And Jacob is like perturbed, like, you know, how do you know? Or like, why is he doing that? And then he continues um, searching through the rest of his, um, his, you know, cabinets. And I will say, Darla, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna do pull a, a Darla like uh, comment. I did think Tor looked amazing crouching down over there. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were some very explicit Patreon comments over here about this pose, but well, <laughs> we'll leave it for people's imaginations. Oh, you're not gonna say it. 
Okay, you say it, Darla. It, it has to be. You go. <laughs> I don't. Okay, I'm not reading it um, in front of me, but every time I see him crouching like this, I just call it the crouching Torah hidden eggplant pose. So beautiful. <laughs> yep. I love that. <laughs> so I plan to make a meme somehow, but I will make it once this episode comes out to the public. <laughs> I think I think that's that's what the title should be. The crouching eggplant or <laughs> crouching cutting <laughs> eggplant. Yeah. Perfect. Now <clears throat> you know, Tora casually says, Say Jacob and Jacob, you know, starting to sweat a little. Uh, um yes. And again, here he's like definitely holding on to that that chair trying to protect himself yeah. from Torah. And he says, Heard about ya from Poppy Land. <laughs> and again, that's shot. Like I mean he just looks gorgeous. You see his entire chest so defined. His eyes are like popping with that with background um of, of the black. Just look, he looks amazing. And so poor, <laughs> poor Jacob, he's like, really squeak. And he's like, good things, I hope. And then there's this image of Torah, you know, not saying anything. Again, this is like, you know, so we get some dramatic buildup over here. And then we have the zoom in shot of Torah with this smirk on his face. And he says, the best. Oh, so gorgeous. That highlight, though, like, what is he using? <laughs> the Jeffree Star highlight. So gorgeous. I thought that scene was also like, I was like, screenshot, wallpaper, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so defined, even his upper lip, I was like, what the heck, gorgeous. I think you're right, this is like the first, this is, I definitely noticed his lips here too, I don't know why I didn't really notice them before, but <laughs> I definitely, like, they were, they were drawn, like, they're, they're there. Now I feel like Poppy. I was like, dude, those lips, like, they're real, like, defined. I was like, no wonder she was, like, looking at them. <laughs> yeah, Lily yeah. outdid herself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, and Tora is, of course, being classic Tora. He's using his intimidation skills to, you know, threaten kind of Tora. You know, Jacob imply that, like, I heard something not so good about you, but while still saying, you know, staying above board in his actual words that he's using. So very, very Torah, you know, intimidating people using those skills of his. And it works. Jacob is, you know, in this, we have this a completely dark panel, right? He's dark. Torah, the panel with dark, with Torah is dark. And then the panel with Jacob's like even darker, <laughs> just gets even darker after that, where he's, you know, he has these lines under his eyes, looks like a zombie and he looks very threatened. And then we go from that to, to the meeting. <laughs> And, you know, Ardine, now we're back to, you know, light again. Ardine says, I'll get the whiteboard ready. Poppy says, thanks, Dean. This is exciting. I have to, um, no, sorry, actually, Quincy says that. And he says, I have to admit, it's my first time working with an actual team, and I'm a little nervous. So who was he working with with the previous publisher? Like, he wasn't working with the team? Like, they just, like, left him on his own? I don't know. That's a big corporate. I mean, they would have assigned somebody, you'd think, for him to interact with, but. But, you know, they were stealing his stuff, so maybe it was kind of like a submit your paperwork and we'll go through it, you know? Like, I don't know if you guys remember how they were stealing his manuscripts and whatnot, so maybe it was kind of like a... I guess he's not used to that because of previously, you know? Like, how maybe they did, like, their system, like, submitting it quietly so that they can take the claims and royalties for it, you know? 
That makes a lot of sense. Right. They did, however, he, he definitely is published already and like was famous. So I don't know if it was with the same publisher or maybe it was like a previous publisher, but whatever. <laughs> so, um, you know, Ardeen there, she's like, don't worry, Quincy, it'll be fun. And I'm sure her outfit is really fantastic, by the way. Very, you know, strikingly Ardeen. Um, it's like off the shoulder, it's bright red. You know, you could think that it clashes with her hair, but just she pulls it off because she's very fashion forward. And Poppy tells him, you know, yeah, we're all book geeks here, so think of it as a writing club, which is, you know, typical kind Poppy trying to reassure somebody and make them feel better. And she says our project commissioner has requested for periodic um, updates. So that would be Mr. Lamb, I'm assuming. And Gil hasn't weighed in on how much he'd like to get involved so far, which we're all like, okay, Gil, you know, what are you doing? Like, why are you not here? And um, so we're like, any any mention of Gil, our sensors go up. <laughs> but we'll figure that out as we go along. Once you've already out the details, you'll have as much autonomy over the story as we can give you. So, okay. So nice to know. You know, she's just being professional and pleasant and setting him at ease. And Quincy being cute is like, looking forward to it. He's very, very emotional. He's like, he's very bright. Like every time he's just positive and cheerful and smiling. Um, he's just got a good attitude. And now he asks, he says, speaking of which, I don't suppose I'll get to meet Gil anytime soon, will I? The video conference was great, but I'd love to have a chat with him in person too. So a lot of people were wondering, like, where is Gil? Why hasn't he met with, um, you know, Quincy? Why wasn't he there when they signed the contract? Like, this is a big deal. And, you know, small publishing house, big author, like, this is super suspicious. Um, somebody was saying that um, Major Sweet, sorry, I get it wrong <laughs> but she was saying that she one person thought that okay you know this the fact that Quincy is saying this now shows that he doesn't know who Gil is because there were a lot of theories floating around maybe Gil has a mafia connection maybe he would know who he is so she thought that but then this person who again I can't read what I wrote Mayor Sweet I think her name is she thinks that Quincy is actually um pretending he doesn't know who Gil is <laughs> and he really did know who Gil was so there's your, your first tinfoil theory for today. <laughs> no, that could be true. I mean, like where, you know, he does, he's pretending like he doesn't know him, you know, since like, I mean, he does that a lot. Like he uses a lot of things to like, you know, like his like, oh, woe is me type attitude and his dramaticness and all that stuff. Because we all know that that's also a front too, you know, like we know Quincy can be like a freaking badass, like when he wants to be. So at this point, yeah, like, cause I, I, everything you just said, I was like, man, that was totally me. I, uh, I get the impression from Quincy in a scene that he's on his best behavior for a number of his own reasons. And, uh, but that Gil's setting off his shady person radar. Cause he, I mean, he's lived around a lot of shady people and all of those signals are, are in place with Gil just not being there for, for the fancy author. And um, so Poppy's like, oh, I'm sorry, but you will. It's just a super busy period. And he's been attending conventions back and forth. And I think it was Patty who said, like, what conventions is he attending? How to uh, how to make your business turn around through Mafia Mob Money 101? Like, <laughs> it's a really funny title. So, so now, Orgene notices on the corner of the whiteboard, it says their birthdays. Um, it says birthday, Poppy Land, Jacob Orgene. And she says to herself, what's this? And um, meanwhile, Poppy's saying he'll be back before you know it. The next one should be, last one should be next week. And then, you know, Erdine totally interrupts and she's like, oh my God, Poppy, was it your birthday last week? And, you know, just like 
very flamboyant, kind of like Quincy, you know, very dramatic about everything she does. And Poppy says, yep. Which, you know, some people read into that yep, like, uh, no, I'm not very happy yep. <laughs> and Quincy is like, huh, Poppy's birthday? And Eugene sits down. And she's like, why didn't you tell us? You're supposed to celebrate it with you. Poppy's like, I did, but nobody remembered. And you were on vacation, so you would have missed it either way. So, um, so which we're going to talk more about Ardeen and her behavior later. Um, I didn't see the fact that she forgot her birthday as such a big deal because um, I didn't get the impression, and this is like my thing with Ardeen in general, I didn't get the impression that they were like best friends forever, like some people seem to think. I got the impression that she is just a coworker, and honestly, that Pop herself doesn't really open up to people. And um, I don't think she opened up much to Ardeen either. So I'm not surprised that she forgot her birthday. Um, do I, you know? Do I know the birthdays of my coworkers? No. Um, if it's a co like a office with three workers, maybe yes. <laughs> but I don't like. I don't think it was so terrible for Ardeen to have forgotten um, her birthday. What do you guys think? I think it is really sad that she forgot Poppy's birthday because I see Ardeen as like you know that big sister figure that really cares about her her friend or her coworker and the fact that she forgot it just it's it breaks my heart a little bit like I, for me I work in a really um close knit team for my own personal job and like they we throw surprise parties for each other like you know I would expect the same from Erdine I really do I have a little different take I mean one, I think the most suspicious thing is, where's Gil's name on that list? Mm, he's not anywhere on there. But, I mean, personally, if, if I didn't marry you or give birth to you, I'm not remembering your birthday. <laughs> I need to know, like, I need a reminder system or I need something. You know, it's I'm just... So, I think in those work, especially in work situations, it kind of goes both ways. Plus, she was on vacation, as was uh, Jacob, apparently. Back when I used to work in the corporate office, I made sure I remember everybody's birthday. I was that person, like, I'd come in in the morning and got them, like, everybody to sign the card, and everybody's like, it's their birthday? I'm like, yeah, it's their birthday. How did you not know? Like, <laughs> we've only been working for two years. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I was that kind of person. But I, I guess, I mean, I, I did think it was kind of shady that she forgot it. And I kind of feel like that also comes into play later on like when we see all that like when we go through that like I kind of feel like maybe that's why she took on that attitude because she felt like crappy that she forgot her birthday and even then like and even Poppy even says like I told you and she forgot like you know to me that was like a, even a, even a bigger signal like I told you and mm -hmm. you forgot you know and, and and then she tried to like downplay it like well, you were on vacation, you know? But, I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, uh, a text can go pretty far. Like, a happy yeah. birthday text, you know? And I get that maybe they're not in that kind of relationship, like, friendship-wise. But anybody and everybody who's worked in a corporate office, like, you always have that, like, one BFF. Even though, like, like you know, outside, maybe you guys weren't, like, always hanging out every weekend, but when you're at work, like, that's the person you see, like, every freaking day, like, Monday through Friday, like, you develop that kind of relationship, that BFF relationship mm -hmm. with them. It's like your work BFF, you know? Yeah. 
small office too. No. The one other reason I wasn't too upset about this was that it seems to me to be necessary for the writing, for the setup, for Quincy's disaster or whatever. How else is it going to come up in conversation that, oh, Poppy just had a birthday? What? And so, you know, so that's kind of the, the vehicle for it is Dean forgetting. So I, that's why I'm not really reading too much into it. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that idea of Quincy's disaster, as you call it. But first, actually, to give um, to give Ardina a little more credit, we see that she suggests right away, you know, she says, I know, what about this weekend? We could go to that dine-in-danger place you always wanted to check out. And Poppy gets very excited. She's like, really? I'm game if you are. So, you know, several people mentioned that, like, Ardine is clearly, clearly has listened to Poppy before, that she right away knows where she wants to go. And she's trying to do something for her right away and um, make up for her forgetting. So, you know, uh, kudos to Ardine for that. And also when I saw Dying in Danger, I was like, wait, w- what is this? Is this like a reference to Mafia again? Is this like, what is this Dying in Danger restaurant? Is it like where you, I don't know, slum it up with like pretend thugs instead of real thugs? <laughs> <laughs> I assumed it was one of those dinner theater murder mystery things. Yeah, that's what I assumed too. What is that? Can you can you clarify? I've never heard that. You want to describe it, Abby? Well, I've never personally been to one, but I've been interested in. Basically, it's kind of like, um, I guess it's like that game Clue, but like in real life, like you do it in a theatrical setting, like so you don't know who's an actor, who's like a customer that's just there, and you guys have like a dinner and stuff, and then all of a sudden like somebody dies, and you have to figure out who was the murder kind of thing amazing oh my gosh i love that <laughs> we should make it midnight popular theme one. <laughs> oh my god that would be amazing oh my gosh we should make a midnight popular escape room i've been dying to make escape rooms like as a business um like jewish themed escape rooms because like my husband and i are jewish i'm like you can get so obscure with this oh my gosh that would be so much fun wow okay business idea 101 <laughs> okay <laughs> So Poppy gets really excited by, by this. So that's good. You know, she's happy. And but meanwhile, <clears throat> Quincy in the background is like, ladies, I have a better idea. And he's clapping his hands. <laughs> it's like so Quincy. Also, I, had, I, I don't I don't know. I love Quincy. But sometimes he says someone I know owns an exclusive nightclub downtown. Uh, is this someone I know your daddy? I don't know. <laughs> And he'd be happy to reserve half the area so I can host a large party if I wanted to, which clearly, you know, Poppy is very into, you know, (laughs) her face is like already not very excited. And now it happens I have a very good friend whose birthday is also coming up and I've been cracking my head over how I should celebrate it for him. So now let me think of the best idea ever. What about throwing a joint birthday party for Poppy together with my friend? Yes, Quincy, if there's anything Tora loves, it's bringing Poppy together with more of your friends who are probably clan people in what is probably going to be a clan nightclub. Brilliant, Quincy. <laughs> oh, this just, this just screams disaster to me. Like, as someone who has thrown a big party for myself um, at a nightclub, you know, with 20 of my friends coming, like, I it ended in complete disaster. Like, and I, I would consider myself as an introvert too, but I did it because it was a big birthday. Um, but just knowing that 
both Poppy and Tora don't like, you know, big crowds like this or drinking or, you know, getting turnt or whatever. Like, this just screams disaster from the get-go. And I just think Quincy is just so, uh, like, he's just, I don't want to say dumb, but, like, it's just such a dumb idea, Quincy. Like, I cannot. I think he's just trying to play more Cupid, honestly. Like, I think that's what he's trying to do. But we all know that, like, you know, either that, like, Poppy nor Tora like that kind of setting, so... We'll There's no way. There's no way this night will end with him ha- still having his pants on. I mean, Quince. I mean, Cora will you- crack his head. <laughs> you guys can mingle, meet new people, super fun, and you can see Poppy on her face inside is screaming no, but she can't say that out loud to her new author. You know, it's it's such a such a mess waiting to happen perfect Erdina is so excited about by this you know she's like popping you know those lines popping out of her she's really excited by this her cheeks are pink um so I will say I think this um birthday idea besides for like what you said Abby I think 100% Quincy's trying to bring his friends together he thinks he's doing a favor again he's probably going to bring Tora there under false pretenses again you know he he brought him to the restaurant to set them up together and you know, Tora flipped out you would think he would learn no, did not learn at all. <laughs> Although, actually, we know um, we didn't get Cordy's debriefing yet in the comic, but she probably told him, you know, the night was a success, Tora is jealous, and, you know, he probably considers it a success because he brought Poppy and Tora together, and Poppy got to, you know, coddle Tora and go to his apartment the next day. So, Quincy's eyes, this was a good thing. So, he's probably like, let me do it again. <laughs> But I actually think that this will be really important for the plot. I suspect that it'll be a total, pardon my French, um, shit show. And I think this might even be a way for Poppy to be exposed to the clan and to bring, like, the more dangerous part of the story into play. And, um, like, just, like, the beginning of a whole new, you know, dangerous subterfuge, Torah having to protect Poppy part of the plot. Oh, definitely. I'm excited. I, I really do think this is going to, like, get the wheels going, you know? of this story what i'm curious about is how is he going to get Tora to go along with this i think he's gonna lie to him i think he's gonna you know say i don't know come rescue me or come drive me or you know make up some excuse to get him to come come <laughs> we have a we have a meeting and you need to come be my bodyguard and and then he'll probably say where and then of course Tora's gonna be like what this place and poppy's gonna be there oh hell i gotta be there and protect my girl so <laughs> So Poppy doesn't get a chance to protest, and I hope she would have. I don't know. Like, I'm curious if she would have stood up for herself, but she doesn't get a chance because we hear from outside, oh, my gosh, dude, it's not what you think. <laughs> and, you know, there's, like, this wide eyes, or Dean's eyes and Poppy's eyes are, like, wide open. And they all pop outside the office, and they see, <laughs> they see Tora. <laughs> We're leading away from Jacob, crunching these snacks, and Jacob is, like, kind of, like, begging Tora, yelling at him, <laughs> crouching down, and Ardeen's like, hey, that guy, and why the hell is Jacob yelling at him? Um, Poppy is looking all flustered. You see how tall Quincy is, by the way? He's, like, even taller than Ardeen, and Poppy is super short here. It's like... He's quite tall. And, of course, his expression is priceless. He's like, good grief, Tora. Can't you stay out of trouble for just one afternoon? And then he says, he's like, that's my bodyguard. 
and our Gina's like, hey, what's he munching on? Isn't that our cheesy scallop zucchini and pecan nut chips? <laughs> Which I think is meant to show it's like a very special and, you know, expensive kind of kind of chip. <laughs> and <laughs> so, go ahead. Yeah, this is definitely a very rare breed. I've never had a cheesy scallop zucchini and pecan nut chips, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, it's an expensive one. <laughs> Yeah. Definitely something she would have to get at a Whole Foods. Some specialty store, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I went missing weeks ago when we packed up the office. Where'd he find it from? And Poppy's like, maybe one of the pantry cabinets. And Quincy's like, yeah, he has to do a routine security check for hitting cameras and stuff, so he must have found it then. Which is pretty sure that he found it in Jacob's secret stash, which he was hiding from everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, Jacob. And, you know, she gets a little angry. She's like, bro, that shit is expensive. And, you know, Quincy, of course, being both rich and nice and wanting to uh, make up for things. He's like, sorry, Dean, I'll pay you guys for it. You probably got hungry waiting for me. I better go check on them. Hey, Peg, I think you wanted to say something. Oh, I was just going to say this whole episode is such fluffy fun. You know, there's just everything about it is fun. I just, I, I really love the kind of, it's almost like uh foam on a on a coffee it's just this bubbles and fluff and um or it i mean humor you know everybody is funny in different ways it's it's kind of perfect i love this the little yeah. pikachu faces the chibi faces oh yeah and then tora's face eating those chips where you can just see his cheeks like what's oh, and then he has like the dot eyeball you know where he's just like mm-hmm. i mean the chips like <laughs> very childlike which to me i saw this whole next set of him looking like a child um you know in a way i saw that as a good thing like in a way yes he's being he's he's definitely being rude and intimidating to jacob he's stealing his snacks that aren't his i get it he's not acting very nice but he's also acting immature in a way and in a way i think there's something healthy about being immature because um a lot of us like when we when we're with our spouses for example we regress i don't know about you guys but like when I'm with my husband, I act like a total kid, especially at night. I'm like lying on the floor and I'm like, you know, we have to turn out the light. I'm like, it's so far away. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some stuff like that. So I just see Tora as being like a child like that. And in a way, it's kind of nice that he gets to be a child because, you know, he had to grow up really fast and he wasn't allowed to be a child. So it's nice to see an, a place where he's safe enough to be a child, to act in like a babyish way. I think he's teasing him like major tease, but I guess because Tora does have that like intimidating aura and look, I think Jacob doesn't understand that he's teasing him. I'm kind of curious to what conversation, like how in the world did that even happen? Like Tora opened the cabinet and like got the chips and just started munching on them? Or was he like, hey, is it okay if I eat this? Will I be too fat if I did? Like, you know, something yeah. like that. Like, I'm kind of curious, like, what the heck happened? Like, I want to know that conversation. Because even Jacob's like, no, no, like, you're fine. And he's like, he said I could eat this, right? And he's like, yeah, like, go ahead. Like, you know, it's like, what what happened? I want to know. Like, <laughs> I, love, I love what you said, Abby. He totally did. Oh, my God. That would be the best. That would be brilliant of him to say that. <laughs> oh, I would love to be a fly on that wall just to hear that conversation. <laughs> Okay, so now we want to be Jacob. We want to be the fly on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be anywhere near in that story. So, yeah. So he's like, oh, sure. We were just having a chat, right, Jacob? 
I think, you know, when anyone says that, that comes on along of like, we were having an intimidating chat where I just warned you off. Yeah, I think I, I'm not sure about the teasing part. I think Jake, I think Tora did this to totally just intimidate Jacob, um, which is why I kind of get Ardine's reaction afterwards. It's one of the things that um, I think Patty was saying. So anyway, so Quincy's like, brilliant. And then he, <laughs> with this fantastic, you know, uh, skeptical expression on his face, he, he tells, whispers to Tori, he's like, just for the record, I'm not buying that. It's only your first day here. Stop terrorizing the little guy <laughs> and stop eating shit that doesn't belong to you. And Tora, again, with his puffed up cheeks, which by the way, I was like, oh, I was like trying to pinch his cheeks through the screen. It was so cute. I was like, he's like, I would never. <laughs> and he's like, he said I could have it. Right, Jacob? Yes. And again, he's not at all. Quincy is not buying this for a second, which good on you, Quincy. You know, at least there's some some psychological perception over there because previous Quincy doesn't always read the signs, but here he is. Thankfully it, it with this whole thing. I, I was kind of curious so, uh, in the panel after everything. Okay. My dudes, when you get this close up of Jacob's face and his panic seems to increase. And I was like, what is he panicking over? Is he panicking because he got caught yelling at the bodyguard and interrupted the meeting? Or is he panicking because Erdine's about to realize that he stole her chips and going to have his head on a stick. Cause then you see, <laughs> his head like he's sweating when he's like yeah and then but then i when you what sealed me on the erdean deal is which if you look down he's he said i could have it a jacob and then look where jacob's looking he's like yeah yeah and he's looking over and who's over there is just erdean and bobby <laughs> so i think he's he's worried about this business with erdean and the chips and he's caught red-handed with them and quincy I just, I feel for Quincy because I've played that role a lot where you're just trying to keep everything from sliding downhill by coming out and being like, fantastic, you know, and kind of trying to keep everything afloat there. Brilliant. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, that's a role that Quincy probably has had to play a lot in his life before, mm -hmm. uh, making things look better than they really are and pretending that things are better and trying to make peace between everybody. So he's like, anyway, now that we're all here, allow me to make some formal introductions, which is, I think, you know, typical Quincy, just trying to smooth things over, skip over the unpleasant part, make it, make it nice. And he's like, this is my bodyguard and best friend forever, Tora, which is interesting that he's introducing him that way. I like that. I, I felt like, okay, that's good to know that Quincy feels that way about Tora, that at the end of the day, he does feel like he's his best friend. I like that a lot. It's that brotherhood. <laughs> takes the yeah, edge he, off Torres acting up too right hopefully <laughs> and he's still munching away but yeah <laughs> he's here to make sure I don't get myself into trouble because I'm clueless like that which is again self-deprecating putting himself down making himself innocent and vulnerable and um, minimizing himself and Jacob's like oh we've already met and Ardine introduces herself I'm Ardine senior art director which I found funny because like I really I still don't think more than like three people work at um Goldfish so it's like senior art director over who but whatever <laughs> um never mind it's okay Ardine, you can have your titles it's fine and she's looking at him and she's looking at Tora very very skeptically she's like best friend forever huh so you must be the toxic beta reader you know pretty you know aggressive off the bat um let me see who it was i wrote down a billion comments and of course as usual i'm having a hard time reading my handwriting but somebody said <laughs> was it who was it i don't remember 
where basically, um, oh yes, somebody was saying that Ardine is was acting very unprofessional here. Louise, uh, Louisa Santana, she said that there were a couple of things that Ardine did that was very unprofessional. For example, um, talking about Poppy's birthday during the meeting, you know, interrupting the meeting where they were supposed to be talking about Quincy's stuff. Um, and then basically this one where she threw Quincy under the bus and said, you know, you're the toxic better reader. You know, this is a comment that Quincy said, said to them in private. He may not have wanted that comment to be passed on in front of the guy who he said it about. And she's also assuming he's the toxic better beta reader, which is already, you know, jumping to assumptions um, again. And so it's just like, I think she had this immediate dislike of Torah. And we can discuss that. There's a lot of people were talking about like, you know, Erdine's actions and um, a lot of other people were defending them because, and Patty was one of them. She gave like four reasons that she, Erdine would be, um, you know, right away angry at Torah. The fact that he was um, mean to Quincy, you know, she, she's like, okay, you're the one who made Quincy cry before, right? Um, that he was clearly bullying Jacob um, and that he was stealing the food. And then the way he replies now is also um, very snarky. He's like, he folds the bag and he's like, X. And he looks at her, X toxic beta reader. So he's he's not taking that from Ardine. Like Ardine gives him us, you know, a, basically a pretty negative first reading comment. And he just responds in kind. You know, he doesn't let her walk all over him. And she he finished her chips in the same moment. <laughs> yep. So yes, I can see why she would be, be angry at him. And another thing was that um, Vida was talking about how Quincy is, again, using his, he's back to like his reflexive action of intimidation using his mannerisms. And Ardine is like, uh-uh-uh, you're not doing that. Like, um, she immediately doesn't allow him to, you know, picks up on that, the fact that he does that. And I get, I get it. I can get the comments that she makes later based on how Torah behaves here. You know, he doesn't exactly put forth his gentle, loving, sensitive side. <laughs> the one that Poppy knows about. Here he's just being obnoxious. <laughs> and Quincy's like, oh, holy shit, I was just being dramatic. Don't take it to heart, Ardine. But he thinks it. He doesn't say it. <laughs> so so unfortunately, she doesn't get to know that. Poor, poor Quincy. And Ardine is like, the, her reaction to, to Torah, you know, it's very, you know, she flinches and she blushes and she has these like anger marks. And she immediately, now she kind of comes to the part where we are, a lot there's been lots and lots and lots of discussion she tells poppy she's like pops i don't like him and poppy's like what why and she's like who trashes their best friends forever you know novels like that doesn't have doesn't have any empathy i hate to say this but he seems like a really mean and callous person and poppy's like quincy's novels was that from a part of a convo i was a part of oh right you weren't there when quincy told us well never mind now you know and oh, gosh there's like a whole bunch of um comments that i wrote down so another thing here here's a question for you guys Haley was saying that she might be upset that Torah isn't giving her attention, that there are some women, and Regine probably is one of those kinds of women who are, um, are used to getting a lot of attention from men, and she might be upset that he's not getting it. And Peg, I see you shaking your head, so let's hear. Darla, you too. Did you? Uh, um, <laughs> okay. Let me, um, hmm. <laughs> no, I don't think she's mad that Torah's um not paying attention to her i think i think she has good reasoning of to why she's angry at torah yes he's being a jerk stealing her expensive chips um supposedly making quincy cry yada yada 
But I think, you know, she is should be the last person to judge someone right off the bat. I just think it's ridiculous that she would be like, I don't like him. Look at him stealing my fucking chips. Like, you know, like, don't judge him off of that. Like, you need to get to know him. Like, I hate that um, first impression is a lasting impression. Like, you should always give someone a second or even third chance to get to know if you really do like them. Um, I know by my own experience, I can rub people the wrong way, you know, especially when if you come off too strong. But um, I just think she should be the last person to judge when off someone right from the bat. What were you going to say? Oh, were you saying Peg? No, go ahead, Abby. So, honestly, what I think, I mean, granted, there are a lot of, like, little things here and there that are probably setting her off, but ultimately, I think she's upset that she forgot Poppy's birthday. Like, I kind of feel like that reflects badly, poorly on her, like, as a friend, and I think this is her trying to make up for it. Like, no, Poppy, like, you don't know this, like, like, kind of like that, let me take care of you because I stuck it as a friend and I forgot your birthday. Hmm. So in a way, I kind of feel like that could be something as well of her coming in that way to protect Poppy because she sucked, you know, remembering her birthday. But I mean, we're all human, right? We all end up forgetting something, but. I like that. That's a good one. Peg, you were, you were saying? Oh, well, um. No, I I mean, I don't think she's upset that Tora's not, I mean, in this little interaction, I don't even know how you would get there, whether somebody's attracted to you or not attracted to you. But um, I mean, I do think, again, Erdine's being a vehicle here for setting up character growth and misunderstanding and whatever. But but as far as taking it at, at face value, I think the reactions to this scene show more about the fandom and us as women than the characters in the story, because here's uh, Quincy steamrolls over Poppy and doesn't listen to Poppy. Um, he doesn't own up to, you know, when Erdine, he, he sort of exaggerated Erdine's picture of this beta reader, but he doesn't, he doesn't have the, uh, gumption or guts to stand up and and say that because he's scared of Torah. He doesn't really want Torah to know the details of that conversation, probably. And then here's Jacob yelling and screaming that interrupts a business meeting and is loud enough to cause everybody to come out of the conference room. And nobody's saying Jacob's unprofessional, you know. So it's like we give all these boys a pass, and we're all mad at Erdine because she didn't like the the lead, but. Think about if she did. Think about if she came out. And she's like, "Oh, Poppy, that guy's so hot. Oh, you like him?" Because she didn't. She didn't even know he likes him. Well, then there's no conflict and there's no interest in the story. And suddenly we're all just kind of sliding down the the river together, and and that's no fun. So you, to me, it's like, well, now we need to look in the mirror a little bit and give this lady, you know, what is she hangry? He ate her chips. He gave her. He tried to give her the dark look and she was like i ain't having any of that you know so i'm i'm uh i'm good with her dean yeah me too I, I think like what she says next i think she was 100 percent triggered 
by what she said by what she's going to say she says um you know well first poppy actually tries to defend him which is nice that she she's tried to step up she's like i can see why he might come across that way but he's not really we're actually and unfortunately, Ardine does interrupt her. She's like, I'm sorry, sweetie, but you have to be smart about these things. I had exes who are just like him. And trust me, people like them are bad news. Don't be fooled by their charm. So I do think that Ardine is triggered by some experience in her past. And she she says to herself, uh-uh, I'm not letting this happen to my friend. My friend, pa, you know, Poppy was just in a bad relationship with gaslighting jewelry. And like, she's too naive. And I have to take care of her. And I have to show her like, no, no, no. I'm not going to let her be taken advantage of by this guy. And I have to say, like, this is, it really reminds me, um, <laughs> recently I had a, I had a work situation. Um, I was where I got, had a, I got a new job and the boss, um, basically we had done this big project and the boss's response to our, our hard work on this project, like we really worked our butts off for this was extremely, oh, I felt emo abusive, emotionally abusive. And my first thought was I was at the time, I was actually at my friend's house. Um, my friend and I had gone to help her um to help this friend out and this friend was dealing with an uh, abusive ex-husband and i had always thought to myself when talking with my friend was how did my you know smart brilliant nice you know successful talented friend why did she stay so long with this guy and you know how did how did she let him um treat her like that and when this boss um you know at, reacted the way he did my first thought was like I'm not letting you treat me like that. And I'm not going to stand here and, you know, just let it slide and get away with it. And anyway, I ended up, um, you know, telling the boss that in the end, everybody left the boss where none of us are working for him anymore because he's impossible to work for. And that was that, like it wasn't. Um, and, you know, I made it clear, you cannot treat us this way. And, you know, it didn't work out for anybody because of that. But um, I, I think that Erdine's reacting like that because of her past experience and she's triggered and she says like, oh no my gosh, I'm not letting this guy do this to my friend. So I think that's what's happening. But well, a lot of people are noticing, you know, she totally steamrolled over Poppy. Poppy started to defend him and to explain herself and she cut her off. And I do think it was coming from her protectiveness, but it isn't really the most respectful thing on planet Earth. She says, you know, they'll be fooled by their charm. We'll just remain cordial and stay out of his way when he's here. Anyway, he'll probably get bored of coming over eventually and stop. And Poppy is like pinching her tongue. And this is where the episode ends. And we don't know if Poppy is like pinching her tongue because she's second guessing herself and like doubting um, anything that Tora had, any the way that he treated her before. Or if she's like, oh my gosh, I have to, you know, defend him and, you know, trying to come up with the courage to defend Tora to Erdine. So what are your thoughts? It's a lot here. Nobody go first. <laughs> it's a lot to take in for sure. Um, I don't know, like I like I know the fandom was like really hating on on our girl Ardine, but I, I do think it's kind of justified in a way with everything. Um I mean justified in the sense if you take everything into consideration, you know. Um, but I do think Peg also made some really good points about it's builds the story, you know? Um, but I, I kind of feel like the reason why she probably interrupted Poppy was because she knows how Poppy is like, cause Poppy has told her how she like plays long, you know, um, like in the past, like when she was saying like, well, did you, what was it like? where Poppy started saying how she kind of just goes along with it and it's like her defense mechanism kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know if maybe she's saying that because she knows that part of Poppy and doesn't know if maybe she's just playing along, you know? And maybe kind of be like, no, like, no, sweetie, you don't have to play along. I'm here to defend you, you know, kind of thing. Um, but honestly, I, I think she's just trying to be a friend. Um, there's been many times when I've interrupted my friends from talking and was I in the right? No, but I did it because I care for them, you know, and I think a lot of people, a lot, every, I think everybody kind of does that every once in a while or sometimes. So we got to give her the benefit of the doubt. But I I don't know what to expect from Poppy. Like, I don't know if she's going to, like, defend him because I kind of feel like she may stir the pot even more or if she's going to, like, kind of pull a Quincy and be like, like, hey, guys, like, let's go do lunch, you know, lunch break um, or something to, like, deflect, like, what's happening. Um, but I, it did break my heart, though, to see her biting her lip. I was like, Poppy, I'll give you a hug you're okay <laughs> i don't know i i really don't know what to expect from poppy at this point um and plus tours there too so i don't i don't know like what kind of reaction we're gonna get but i am excited for the next episode that's for sure feels like the, the end of the restaurant scene as well where like Tora says he's in the mafia and then you have you know this so it's like waiting for the reaction of what's gonna you know how's it gonna go down how's this explanation gonna happen <laughs> yeah i wish we'd heard what um, how she would have ended that sentence where actually she probably would have said friends or whatever, but I would have liked to hear whatever she had in mind there. And I, I do think that, you know, saying you have to be smarter about that thing. So that's kind of a dig that's uncalled for. Um, but like, a, you know, then she goes on to talk about, apparently she went out with people who, you know, like you said, she got triggered, but I noticed, you know, nobody's asking her, you know, who hurt you or Dean? Everybody's just like throws her in the bitch box and we're done, you know? So that's, I don't think that's really fair to her. And I, I my sense, I don't know, because Lily is always surprising us, but my, my sense of, you know, that last panel, if it was me, I'd be distressed that my friend is misunderstanding someone I care about. And then I, I have to get that figured out with them because, you know, her Dean, it has been a, up to now a generous and, and uh, supportive friend to her. And I think she still is. She's just having a moment. Um, I just have to say, like, I don't hate Erdine at all. Like, I actually love Erdine, but she's just being that um, she reminds me a lot of my big sister, who's six years older than me, who has said the exact same things as Erdine has said. And she's she gives that know-it-all vibes, which I I can't stand. Like I'm like I let someone live through their experiences in order to, you know, come up with their own uh, whatever they want to do in life. But um, I, like I think this does make for an interesting um, situation in the story, of course, but. I think eventually Erdine will have to come around in liking Tora as a person. Um, and I think Poppy's going to have to explain herself of the relationship that she has with Tora. Like, I, I think that might happen um, sooner than later. Well, question. Because, like, Poppy has had this conversation with Erdine about, like, the guy that caught her from falling off the tree and stuff like that. Ardeen doesn't know that it's Tora, right? 
No. So see, maybe that's what she was probably trying to tell him. Like, hey, well, actually, you know, he's this guy, you know? Because Erdine, like, really talked that person up, like, in her head, you know? Like, if we go back to that conversation, like, she was like, are you kidding me? Like, he took the entire day off and ran around town with you, like, uh, you know? Um, So I think whenever maybe they put two and two together, maybe her story, like, Erdine's story that she's already kind of making up in her head is going to change, you know? That time when, when Poppy told her about how Tora helped her chase Mr. Lamb around town, Erdine's reaction was also like very impulsive and, you know, grand. She was like, oh, marry the dude, you know? And so I think Erdine also has a tendency to be, to jump into things and to be, make broad statements, maybe without thinking too much. So it's kind of two sides of the same coin. She's like, oh, the guy helped you? Marry him. The guy's nasty at Jacob? He's a dick. You know, like just very extreme, quick judgments that maybe she doesn't 100% mean. But I do think that in this case, she is triggered. Uh, so I do think it's a little more serious than the marry him. You know, I don't think she really meant marry him. But <laughs> but yeah, but like a, you know, very exa- a kind of exaggerated personality also as well. So like, like Quincy. She's um, a passionate she artist. She honestly reminds <laughs> me of myself. Um, and like, I kind of, um, looking at her and how she like bulldozed over Poppy, kind of reminds me of how I am with one of my um, friends who's like a little more mild and um, like whenever she's <laughs> she's like let's say when it comes to like dating right so we all discuss our dating lives it's a group of friends and she's kind of more into like what I would consider nerdy guys and I have to like hold back from like criticizing the guys she's into because I'm like that's who she's into she likes them just because they're not your thing doesn't mean they're not good for her you know so it's like it reminds me of myself and I have to work on that as well so taking that in <laughs> but something um you were we were talking about like how was Poppy going to react both Patty and Clyde said something really um smart about this is that Poppy is maybe not so used to being confrontational and standing up for herself and you know um, Clyde was saying how Ardina has kind of like been like a mama bear but every um every teenager at some point they have to, you know, separate from their, their parents and they have to rebel against their parents and stand up for themselves and go their own way. So Poppy's going to have to stand up for herself and say, no, Rodine, you know, I know you've been protective of me and you're trying to, to help me and, and you're, you know, being like the maternal figure here, but I can actually, uh, you know, I, I know my mind and I know Torah and it's okay. So, and then Patty was also saying like, this is a good point for character development for Poppy, for her to, both believe in herself and believe that Torah is actually into her and, and to trust her own judgment that no Torah is a good guy and to be able to stand up for herself and, and confront somebody. You know, it's like um, Dumbledore tells Neville, it's hard to stand up to your enemies, but it's even harder to stand up to your friends. So ah, I love that line. <laughs> that was good. So I want to go through the notes because I wrote down how, how much of really, people's really good reactions. Um, oh, here's another really interesting observation that Lisa had. Lisa said that, do you remember, basically, Poppy now has the same choice that Jewelry had when his friends made fun of him, um, of him for getting that bento box. Mm. When Jewelry had the choice and his friends were calling him out, were like, oh, you know, oh, is this from your girlfriend? It's embarrassing. And he was like, oh, yeah, it must have been for my sister. He chose to hide Poppy and to, you know, to shun her and not admit to her as his own. Is Poppy now going to stand up for Torah and call, you know, claim him and say, no, you know, Torah's a good guy and we're friends. So she kind of has the same choice. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. 
let's see what else. I had like a billion comments over here. Oh, another thing. So Emily was saying that the fact that that Erdine says anyway, he'll probably get bored of coming over eventually and stop. That that might be like the worst comment for Poppy to hear in terms of if if we're going with her her doubting herself and um, you know, for her her the fact that you know jewelry was like oh you know she was juvenile for him and unsophisticated and wasn't ready to go all the way. Maybe you know Poppy hearing that Erdine thinks like oh he'll get bored of them is just like another jab at her self-esteem where she is not sure of herself and like of her ability to retain Tora's interest. Um, okay, and another interesting comment, this was by um, Kezia Long. She says, um, I thought this was very smart. She said that there's no guarantee that Erdine will actually like him because, you know, he can be a bit of an ass, you know, even to Quincy, who, who he likes. And I think that's really smart because sometimes the people that we like may not like our partners. And, you know, we may see a side to them that, first of all, that either is just for us, right? Or does treat her differently than he treats other people. But, um, you know, we won't be able to please everybody. And it is possible, even if, you know, Torah does display a better part of himself to Erdin, that she'll never get it. And she'll never understand, you know, that relationship that they have. Yeah, I think that's really... Um reasonable and legitimate i mean there's a a lot of times you want people to or people will develop respect for their friends partners and uh, acknowledge them even though they're not particularly their cup of tea for whatever reason and that's that's fine i don't know how much i talked about it here but my when i was um uh dating my husband so my parents did everything they could to try to stop us from getting married for a multitude of reasons but yes, this is like 10 years later and now they, now they love him. But back then they were like, maybe they were convinced it was the end of my life that I was marrying him. <laughs> so things can change. <laughs> so um, let's see. Definitely wanted to have some more comments about this. Um, Christina was talking about how, Christina Egan was talking about how Torah in general in the office. So, you know, Torah did definitely did not display his best side and she was saying how in this setting, you know, um, Lily kind of described him as like a nuisance. So, you know, he might be feeling very out of place in this setting. And Debbie was saying that he's reverting to being, you know, intimidating and obnoxious because this is, those are the tools he's always used. And it's kind of what way of masking how uncomfortable he feels and maybe a little how useless he feels, how out of place he feels. So he's just being obnoxious um, because this is how he can cover up for like his his feelings and also he probably feels she was saying he feels out of control there are two people here that he cares about a lot poppy and quincy and he doesn't feel like he is in control in this situation and that must be a very uncomfortable feeling for him as well i can see why also he's not on his best behavior in general that's really interesting they maybe kind of run back through the episode to see how maybe you could see the whole episode through the lens of competing defense mechanisms from the different characters i really uh -huh. like that perspective yeah, it makes you really understand people a lot more. I like that. Competing defense mechanisms. That's a big, that's a good one. It's a contender for the title along with crouching eggplant. <laughs> I'd go with the, the crouching tiger hidden eggplant myself, but like Quincy's defense mechanisms are on full display. I mean, that's that's a really interesting perspective. I like that. Actually, if we're going to get um, using uh, the word crouching, so I'm going to get a little um, literary here. So, um, the very first, um, you know, one of the various stories in the Bible, right, is where Cain kills his brother Abel. 
and then his god is like where are you and he he says you know oh who am i my brother's seeker right he's using his defense mechanism because he's ashamed of what he did and then um then god tells him this is like a lie you know um us this is um basically sin crouches at the door and if you if you want to you can overcome it so it just reminds me here right like life is just a series of all of us like you said going through our defense mechanisms when we're trying to account for things that we're ashamed of or, or don't feel um, powerful over. So I just want to also point out a very funny comment. Um, a lot of people were, there were, there was a lot of discussion generated about Ardine and about her behavior. And uh, Luis, Louisiana Santana, she posted this really cute, um, you know, there were people who were defending Ardine and she posted this very cute gif where um i should remember the person's name i don't know who it is it must be someone um famous in like some movie but i don't know what the reference is but she says you know the council for the protection of the betterment <laughs> protection and betterment of baby torah you know is is taking these proceedings these arguments to consideration <laughs> basically uh we have a lot of people who are very protective of torah and um upset at Ardeen. <laughs> i'll go to bat for that girl yeah, I, I don't think it was it was maliciously meant. Um, I very much to me, I see it very much like a, like I said, like a trigger. And um, you know, listen, we'll see. It, it could, like you said, it's a catalyst for Poppy to start, uh, you know, to potentially defend Torah. And maybe this is a way for also Torah to, I mean, from Torah's perspective, right? Um, who, who's saying this? Somebody was saying this that Torah, you know, was he listening to the conversation? I'm trying to find out who. Oh, here, sign, um, sign new on Patreon, sign zero zero. She was saying that, you know, is Torah listening to this conversation and, you know, observing their body language, hearing their whispering, because he might feel, um, you know, how Torah, how, sorry, how Poppy reacts in the next episode might be pivotal for him in terms of like, um, you know, does Poppy, will Poppy defend me? Yeah, there was a um, a comment, well, I mean, it's tangentially related, but it's a comment, um, somebody observed that, you know, when Poppy first laid eyes on Torah, her reaction was similar you know, kind of that, you know, who is this guy? And so, you know, t- to not judge too harshly, but I do think we, we have different standards for the um, male and female characters. And maybe it's because of the friendship between Poppy and Erdine. They feel it a little bit more, but people feel it a little bit more. But I, um, you know, most of the characters, but particularly Jacob, I mean, Jacob and Tora and Quincy and Erdine were all behaving um not at their best in this episode which made it so funny but somehow all of the uh, hostility got dumped on her dean and everybody else got a pass and so i'm like hey just uh let her be hangry let her you know do her thing and then we'll just see where this goes you know on an emotional level my my first reaction to her dean was i was never angry at her dean but i was like no, like, don't dispel, don't put Poppy and Tora apart. They have to love each other. You have to, don't separate them. <laughs> so maybe this, like, emotional, like, protection of our of our ship, as we call it. <laughs> and, and I think also people were expecting, like, our Dean to be supportive. Um, although, you know, Patty was saying, for example, she expected this reaction because our Dean's an alpha female and, you know, Tora's an alpha male, kind of like Cordy and, and Tora not getting along well. But I think because we know Ardeen as a supportive friend, we were expecting her to be supportive. So it was just contrast to what we thought. I was just going to say, um, you know, we have the God perspective. We have all of the information from 50 episodes. 
Erdine has no idea that there's any attraction between these two at all. She has no, she just laid eyes on him and she doesn't know he's the person that Poppy told her about. So how is she, you know, he's just some dude who's made the author cry and is obnoxious. And so she, she doesn't know that there's a ship there to get in the way of. So, you know, that's kind of unfair to, to think of her behavior framed in that way. We see it, but, you know, how could she? So something also that's interesting is um, Ellie Bear was saying that, um, you know how, you know, we, we also see a stronger side of Poppy that she doesn't present to the outside world. So Ordine thinks that she needs protection, but really, you know, Poppy does have a very strong core that and she could take care of herself, but she isn't, you know, Ordine thinks that, okay, you know, she doesn't know that yet. Right. Even though she she did say, OK, you know, Poppy does put on a, a, a softer front. She does know that. But like we, the audience, know that Poppy is made of tougher stuff. But our team's like, no, I've got to protect her. i got to protect her. And um, something that's also interesting that does relate to, you know, like a little bit of the mistake that our team's making. And I, I do think I do think this is not a good thing that our team did, which, again, I'm not judging her too bad because we are all human and we make mistakes. And I think it's actually one of the best parts of this cartoon is that we we see people having flaws. But here, both em- Emery and Tatiana Aletsky pointed out this very big like, contrast where in the this episode, Erdine is telling her, she's like, oh, no, I'm going to tell you how to think, you know, like, oh, you know, you're you're all wrong, you know, uh, I'll tell you what to think and, and feel. And in the last episode, Toro's like, I'm not going to tell you how to think or feel. And, you know, he's like the exact opposite where, um, you know, even, even to the point where she was like, where she mad at him. Um, Toro's like, you know, you, you feel however you feel. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. So quite impressive bravery on his part and like a big contrast in those two. I'm like making check marks on all the <laughs> notes to see if I got them all. I think I got most of them. Um, one of them I can't read, unfortunately. So <laughs> actually, I was thinking about that last comment because that's really interesting. It is a huge contrast between the whole emotional validation and then this scene in the office. Um, but it's such a different situation too. If you think back to what, what initiated that whole scene in the kitchen with the emotional validation was Torah stepping all over him and her in the restaurant, right. Or walking mm. past her or getting you taught all that. So I think again, maybe there's a parallel scene coming with her Dean where she's like, you know, I, I, sorry, or whatever. But I think this scene would parallel more to the restaurant scene as far as their interaction saying that none of them are their best behavior here like that's exactly what happened at the restaurant too they were all being quite flawed and probably past each other and everything so yeah maybe this will lead to um hopefully right maybe poppy standing up for herself and having a heart-to-heart with her dean and her dean apologizing you know hopefully that's having everything you know not just in in romantic relationships there's conflict within friend relationships too do you remember how mad everybody got at the restaurant scene too they got mad at torah wasn't yeah i wasn't mad at torah either i mean i don't get mad at people period so i think it's okay to let people have a day you know and it plus it makes it that's what makes the episodes awesome is that all the flaws and the misunderstanding and the humor and the discomfort and hurt feelings and that's what makes it such good writing 
the fact that like I recognize myself in our dean and I'm like, oh shoot, I have to work on myself. Like that's a good thing. <laughs> and you know, I'll definitely be mulling it over in my head the next couple of weeks because I'm like, oh God, you know, like I see something in myself I don't like over here. So that's that is great writing because it's real. <laughs> yeah. So definitely. something interesting relating um sorry, go go ahead. No, no, I was just saying like I definitely agree. Like I think that you know, like all of us, the fandom, like we want things to go like peachy and like wonderful and like roses and stuff. But honestly, like these reactions are like normal human reactions. Because like you said, like you saw yourself in Erdine. I totally saw myself there too. Because like I have had friends who are timid or like they let their boyfriends walk over them or something like that. And I'd be the like, no, 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 no. Like, let me just talk over you. And because you want to protect them and you want to do that stuff. But I think honestly, and everybody, I think everybody's having like a normal human reaction. And I, I don't know. I think the fandom needs to like calm down. Like I saw all the comments on Facebook and I was about to like start commenting on some to kind of, you know, be like, Hey y'all, like, let's just take down a notch. Like my girl, Ardeen, she's, she's still cool. She's like, she's still cool. You guys like don't throw her under the bus like that. Because it's true, like, everybody was kind of, like, misbehaving and nobody was on their best behavior, but I think everybody lashed out on her, though, because I guess she kind of had the most, like, verbiage, like, as far as, like, like what she was saying. And I think that kind of last bit where she was just like, no, he's like all my exes and stuff. I think a lot of people just kind of took that to heart and was like, no, we all got to hate on her. But I just think it was absolutely normal, completely normal. And I think Peg, like what she was saying, how this is just going to make the story even better. Because that's what makes the story good. Is like, you know, the conflict, the drama, the love triangles, whatever the heck is happening. Like, it makes it good. I mean, like, my second favorite character is Vincent. Is he a good guy? No. But he's the bad guy. And he makes the story hella good, you know? That's why I liked him. So, you know, like, it's just one of those things, like... Not just because he's a daddy? <laughs> Zaddy, mm-hmm. why do you gotta call me out like that? <laughs> I see I that so blush on your face. <laughs> yes, he does look fine. Yeah, <laughs> especially that scene when they did like the back in the day when he was young. I was all, hmm, Vincent, you looking mighty good there. <laughs> why are you being mean to Tora? But yeah, you look good. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> But, I mean, he makes the story great. Like, if you think about it, like, you know, these characters that we end up loving and hating, like, they make the story amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. So something interesting about, like, uh, the characters being being themselves and having their flaws, Patty says something very interesting about Quincy trying to um, put, you know, matchmake again between um, Poppy and Tora. She said, are you trying to dispel your own loneliness by pushing them together? And I was like, it hit me like, boom, like, oh my God, it's exactly what Quincy's doing. Besides for Quincy's like good heartedness and, you know, his, his actual genuine inclination and desire to see Tora happy. I do think that there's an element that wishes he had, he doesn't have, you know, he calls himself a bachelor and he says, you know, like us bachelors got to stick together. And, you know, he kind of wishes Cordy was more attentive to him. So I wonder if him trying to put Tora and Poppy together is just a way of him getting the romance that he wants in his life. Oh, 
Maybe that's why he writes romance novels. Oh my gosh, guys, I never thought about it. Maybe he writes romance novels as a way to get the love that he never got from his family. I just wrote that down because Patty's a genius. I know. I also wrote it down. It was amazing. I I actually have that in my own personal life. I'm like, oh my God, it's like a big thing that I have to think about. But like, Guys, what do you think about the fact that I just, I don't know why, this is totally not necessarily. I think you just went to like the fourth dimension of truth and wisdom with that whole thing. Yes. Now I understand his character like much better than I did five minutes ago. Thank you. I'm having a very soft moment in my heart right now for Quincy. I feel mm-hmm. so bad for him. <laughs> oh my God. For all his like big boy muscles, he's a little boy inside. He never got left. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Quincy, I'm totally going to have a dream about Quincy tonight. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm 13 again. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with, like, the poor and neglected boys who, like, never got love in their life. Oh, my God. My heart is melting right now. And you still are. There's actually quite a few of them in this fic. I mean, in this webtoon. Sorry. Yeah. I think we all love to fall in love with those people being needed. I mean, I talk about a lot on the podcast. My husband's like that also. Although I didn't know it when I met him, but... I think I un- unconsciously recognize that that need to be uh, be loved. <sighs> totally nothing. Okay. Do we have any more uh, thoughts to contribute on this episode as a whole before we sign off? I we covered everything for, that I could think of, and it was really great to hear all the different comments and thoughts and perspectives. Yeah, I tried to write a lot of stuff down because I love what people say and like. Yeah, the whole is always greater than the sum of the parts. I'm just excited for the next episode. I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know this club scene. You know, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen. What's what's going to go down in the shit show, you know? Oh, so one more future thing that might happen. Um, who was this? Somebody was saying, oh, Mariana. Um, she was saying that Will Tora notice the empty black notebook that Gil tossed on um, Poppy's desk? Poppy's desk? A desk. I don't know. I think it was Poppy's desk or near her Poppy's. desk. Yeah. Like, will he notice that notebook and be like, oh my God, what's doing here? Blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, he searched that office before, but Gil bought that notebook back afterwards. And it's empty, but maybe we'll trigger something. Wasn't that like oh, a Charla, I just noticed your pillow. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. My pillow. <laughs> I'm a little jealous, I gotta say. Oh, <laughs> I wish I get one myself. But... Just me and Daddy, you know. <laughs> Guys, I just for the edification of the listeners, Darla has a, a Torah pillow that she's leaning on right now. And I'm just waiting for Abby to pull out a Vincent Don't pillow. Don't we look so cute? You look one. He's not on the store. <laughs> Yeah, Darla, you look great together. You're you're clearly a couple. So you both have those like cute. popping eyebrows and like the big um like the, the dark eyeliner. So yes. Clearly meant to be Darla. Destiny. You look like Well, I'm his I'm his uh great grandfather great 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 grandfather right now. Is that weird? Very confused. <laughs> How are you great grandfather? The uh, um Ulan. I'm Ulan. <laughs> I'm Ulan right now. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'm so sorry, yeah. Darla. I didn't realize that that was exactly where Ulan had that, his. That is Ulan. It's gorgeous. Yes, yeah. I'm Ulan right now. Yep. I even have the earrings. Yep. And the long black hair. Yes. How did I and miss the it? Long black hair. <sighs> 
<sighs> okay, I'm officially emotionally wiped in many ways, in, in the happy ways and the sad ways, and this was a great, <laughs> a great, hilarious closure to this episode, I have to say, Darla. <laughs> so thank you, Peg, for putting on your, your peony, not, sorry, your koi fish onesie, Darla, for your peony tattoo, Abby, for your Totero shirt, and me for my, my yoga mat, which is in the car, pretend it's here, okay? <laughs> Well, thank you guys so, so much. This episode was fantastic. Yeah, thank you guys. It's good to meet you, Abby. Thanks, Mindy. You look divine, Darla. Thank you so much. You look so amazing too, Peg. Like, I'm so jealous. I wish I was a koi fish as well. (laughs) Half of those tats. That's what I am. So jealous. Well, for $29.99, that can be yours too. Or whatever (laughs) it was. <laughs> anyway guys thanks so much it was fantastic it was it was a great night thanks i loved it thanks so much <laughs>